the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Welcome back, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. Thank you for hanging on with us. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. we got two, two callers. That means we have three lines available if you want to jump on now. It's going to get busy. And today, we're going to go for a record. Our record is 18 callers in one show for two hours, and we've already got nine, so we should be able to hit that. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Blackwell Automotive, 40th and Greenway, north of of Greenway on 40th Street on the west side of the road. Him and I have been buddies for a very long time. He's a very principled guy, and he's a really good technician himself. So he knows that, well, the technicians know they're not going to walk into his office and feed him a line of uh, malarkey. So Tom's a good guy, especially if you have an old hot rod, but he does oil changes on newer model cars and does all other kind of stuff. So Blackwell Automotive, 40th and Greenway. Mark to Mark, how can I help you? Uh, well, good morning, Mark. Uh, thanks for taking my call. You bet. Uh, I have really a, a, a preventive preventative maintenance question more than anything. I, I uh, own uh, three Ford vehicles, two of which have the uh, EcoBoost engine, the, the two-liter uh, direct-injected uh, EcoBoost engine and have had no problems with them. They've been excellent vehicles. Uh, but uh, I, I I try to run top-quality gasoline in them, uh, top-tier gas. I, I change the oil every five, 6,000 miles. I uh, you know I try to do all the, you know, the fluid exchanges that you're supposed to and everything else. Uh, but I but I have read that, that nowadays these, these turbocharged vehicles, uh, you know, that are so prevalent uh, that, you know, they, they – Tend to possibly run a little bit hotter, uh, and in our in our desert environment, you know that could be a problem. Are there is there is there anything else I should be doing uh, to, uh, I guess, extract the longest longevity out of the out of these engines? And you know maybe there's something that I need to do that I'm okay. not aware of. Okay, what oil are you using? In it? I'm using uh, Castrol full synthetic. Uh, the uh, uh, the titanium edge uh, uh, okay. product. All right, I understand. I understand. I just needed full synthetic. Well, first of all, I think you ought to stop doing what you're doing. You're wasting okay. a whole lot of natural resources. It's probably you who are the reason why we have an oil shortage. Um, at 6,000 miles, you're wasting your money. You got a synthetic okay. oil that'll go 10 to 12,000 miles, and you're changing it at six. Number two, the synthetic you're using goes, it turns to a tar at 500 degrees. That's you're not going to ever make there on the engine temperature. But what you're talking about is turbo temperature, and the turbo temperature is is we know that when we throttle that little girl up and we start running fast, that the exhaust gases that are feeding the turbo are going to get up into the 700 degree range, maybe even a thousand, depending on how hard you're romping it. 
Well, aluminum melts at 1100, and we don't want a turbo. We don't want an exhaust being fed into the turbo that's 1500 degrees. You don't have to worry about that either because your computer's not going to let you do that. So when it gets too hot, it's not going to let you overheat the turbo. Now, the the real question is, is what can you do to make this last a long time? Drive it like you stole it. Turbos don't like to sit there and, 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 and don't put an egg between your foot and the pedal. Let's elongate your oil changes because you're wasting a lot of money doing that and and know that you've got the very best oil for that turbocharged motor that money can buy not because it's castrol because it's a synthetic so i put synthetic in my diesels i hold 14 quarts i run 10 to 12,000 miles and my egt's exhaust gas temperatures when i'm being stupid are 13, 1400 degrees. So I'm flirting with meltdown. But sometimes I got to make the top of the hill with a load of horses and I'm in a hurry. <laughs> so I'll, and I also have a gauge and I know what my EGTs are. So I can assure you that the, your engine computer is not going to let you be stupid with that. But I want you just to drive it, not like your grandmother, not like you got a hot cup of coffee between your legs. I want you to exercise it on a regular basis. And if you get into turbo and you're going to get on the freeway and there's nobody in front of you, go ahead and throttle up and try to back off by the time you're in the end of the ramp. But everything you're doing is good. It's just I don't like your oil change interval. And I'll tell you, if that turbo, if you just keep your oil clean, that turbo will last you 200,000 miles. But the ones we see and replace have been abused in a variety of ways. And when they come in and they're just overheated and the color has distorted, we know somebody ran this dog too hard. So that's how it works. All righty? All right. Good luck to you. Thank you very much, Mark. That was a great question. Steve, you're up next. How can I tell you? Or how can I help you? Actually, Steve dropped, so our next caller is Bruce. Bruce, good morning. Steve dropped, so we'll take Bruce. Go ahead, sir. I have a 2009 Chevy Duramax. Last week, going to Payson, it showed through a code. So I stopped it in Payson and had it checked, and they told me it was a tranny code. Okay. And then last night, I had it checked out. And then last night, I had to brake real hard, and the code went away. Okay. Have any idea what would cause that? No, none at all. None, none at all. Um, you wouldn't want me to guess anyway. But keep in mind, the check engine light is yellow, and that's the same yeah. color as a yellow light. So it doesn't mean you have to stop. It doesn't mean that you're in oh. crisis. It doesn't mean any of that. Now, you're, you you would be very unwise to chase the fact that on on hard braking it went out. That's craziness. You you you. I've never chased a, a problem like that doing that. Once I figure out what it is, then I can explain to you why it happened. But that can't be on the front side of the diagnosis. That's on the back side of the diagnosis. So the tranny code is kind of an important, but I want to tell you something. Of all the diesels in the whole wide world, that Allison underneath your Duramax, it is a diesel, yes? Yes. Okay. That Allison transmission is the best one out there. Without, it's there's nothing even second. Now, the new Dodge transmission shown up to be a pretty good transmission it doesn't have the history and allison makes it 1000 2000 4000 8000 and allison does big trucks and allison does big motor homes but that transmission is just a bulletproof transmission you have to be pretty stupid to blow that thing up but in your case okay. there's ww williams over on the west side of town 
and W.W. Williams is the manufacturer's rep. If nobody else can fix it, that's where I'd go if I were you. But if what part of town are you in? I live in northeast Phoenix, but I can okay. travel anywhere. Well, I'd probably take it over to... Uh, and here's the problem. There's a lot of guys that can't be rebuild these transmissions and that don't want to rebuild them. There's a lot of guys that don't have any experience with these transmissions. If I were you, I'd pay attention to what happens before the light comes on, and then I'd cycle the key a couple times, pull off into the Taco Bell parking lot, and turn your key on and off a couple times, see if it changes things. But if you can continue to get the light to go off then maybe that can be a path. If I stop really, really hard, the radio crackles and the light goes out. Okay, now we have an electrical problem that probably has a, a soulmate with this crackle of the radio. So, But I wouldn't count on that. How many miles are on this? 142,000. That's That transmission is just in for second grade. So, I mean, it can go a lot longer. So I would doubt very seriously if this is going to be a giant repair. Have you done the filters and fluid like you're supposed to? Yes. Okay, good, good. Well, W.W. Williams would be my place. If we can't find it and fix it, I send my customers there because I know that they're oh. very good at what they do. Okay, thank you, sir. All right, you're welcome, Bruce. You're welcome. 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open, and we got a caller. Go ahead, Gil. That would be Sonia. Sonia, good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a 2011 Nissan Juke with 101,000 miles on it. And the brakes are squealing, so I took it in, and they did one of those complimentary, you know, checks and said it needed both front and rear brake pads, and they would change the rotors also. Well, I saw a coupon for another shop that had uh, brake shoes and machining of the rotors for, you know, you know, several hundred dollars less. Okay. So what is the pros and cons of machining versus new rotors? Well, I wouldn't go to the first place because they've already made up their minds they're going to sell you rotors, and that's going to double really? the price. The, the, the av average axle, well, first of all, how much was the first bid? The first bid was, I want to say, so like 340 and 360 something like that. Okay. I, I, I expected that. Um, the second bid? was it was a, There was a coupon for 179 for axle. Okay. All right. I don't like coupons. Uh, I think it brings people in so that uh, you can you can uh, kiss them and take their money. That's what I think. But nevertheless, I don't. I'm not the king of the automotive world. Here's the answer to your question: Is this the rotor has a thickness? And now we measure in thousandths of an inch. But I'm not going to do that to you. I want you to visualize this. The rotor is one inch thick. Okay. In the back of the rotor, it says minimum thickness three quarters of an inch. So we measure the rotors. Now, if it's three-quarters of an inch, is seven five seven hundred fifty. So we look at this and we go, well, it's not at one inch, but it's only at 90. So between 90 and 75, we got a lot of meat left. So I'm not going to put yeah. rotors on this car. So you can't say it needs new rotors till you measure the rotors. And if you really want to mess well, with them... You ask him for the old rotors back because this is why. Oh, my dad's an old machinist, and he just wanted to check the rotors. So you, would you put those rotors back in my car? 50% of the time, the shop will say, oh, no, we mismeasured them. They're okay because the last thing they want is your well, dad to check them. Yeah, but they didn't even talk about the, the, you know, the, the, the life left on the rotors. They just said that they blanketly change the rotors when they do brake pads. 
that's what I that's why I said to you I'd skip the first shop. I don't like that. If somebody did that at my shop, I'd be kind of mad. My underwear would be wadded up. Okay. So all of a sudden so you're you a soothsayer. All of a sudden you can look at a lady's eyes and tell her she needs four rotors. Isn't that kind of self-serving? Why don't you be the hero yeah. and bid two fifty to two fifty or so on each axle, which is most of us do? And then if it needs a rotor, just open the door. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, Mrs. Sonia, if you need rotors, but this is this your first brake job? Yeah. Okay, first brake job in 100,000 miles. So it's not like you're driving the wheels off this. It's not like you're running Indianapolis 500. It's not like you're coming into traffic lights with full, you know, full braking. None of that is occurring. So I, I'm just uncomfortable with this whole rotor thing. It's too easy to measure them and fix it. So if it, a good shop, and there's plenty of them out there, would say to you, Sonia, it's 300 in the front, 300 in the back. I got maybe one rotor on each side. I may not use it. But if I got to call you back, I'm going to up you another $150. But I'll give you your old rotors back. And that's it. Okay. So, and, and the minimum is marked on the rotor. It says M-I-N, and then it says 0 0.750 or whatever. They're, all the numbers are different. So it's just written right on the rotor. And if he doesn't have the calipers to check it, he shouldn't be in business because calipers is like a screwdriver. You need to have a pair. All right. Yeah, well, this is a really, this is more of a high-end shop that, that I'm going to or that I took to, to for that first bid. But out in the Goodyear area, do you guys have a recommended shop? Yeah, I would go to S&S Tire and ask him how much to check your brakes and then ask him to, would you measure my rotors and tell me if I need new rotors because we can do that without doing a whole lot of work. Okay, sounds good. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. You're welcome, Sonia. Okay, 602-508-0960. Gil, who would be next? He's on. Oh, the lines are open. There's five lines available, so now's the time to jump in. We're going for a world record 19 callers for two hours. So, um, you know, if you want to be part of the world record, 602-508-0960. Hello, I'm Greg May, owner of Phoenix Body Works. For 35 years, we've been demonstrating our workmanship, our honesty, our integrity, and our exceptional customer service. We are blessed to have so many repeat customers who refer their friends and family. We have ethical, loyal technicians who have been with us for years. They are ICAR certified, which means they are up to date on the latest technology and techniques. So your repairs meet or exceed industry standards. Our technicians are truly part of our family. We are very capable of fixing your car. We pull off damaged parts, we pull your frame and body mounts back to where they should be, then we install the new parts. We align both the front and rear end. Then your car is back to the way it was when new. Our customers come from all over the valley. I'm Greg May. Remember, it's your vehicle. You pick the shop, not the insurance company. Phoenix Body Works, we want to be your collision repair specialist. Call us, 623-582-1434, Monday through Friday, 9 to noon on Saturday. We don't just have problems outside of America. We have problems here as well. The war for America's soul. Is whether America is a nation of laws or a nation of outlaws. Whether we are a sovereign nation or whether we are a sanctuary nation. Radical socialism, illegal immigration, racial divides, and patriotism under siege. And threats to our Constitution arise daily. The problem for the Democratic Party is as racism recedes as an issue, they've got to come up with more places to find it. The economics of racism are pretty simple. Uh, when the demand for racism exceeds the supply, they've got to find new places to, to drill. Join us September 26th at the Scottsdale Center for the Performing Arts. 
Fox regular and author Michelle Malkin hits the stage to talk about her new book, Open Borders. Joining her for an all-star panel are Larry Elder, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, and Mike Gallagher. Go to 960thepatriot.com now for tickets. Only at 960thepatriot.com. Sponsored by our friends at Guns Etc. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. The difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. Studies prove that reading to a child regularly dramatically improves reading skills. And kids who read well by third grade are four times as likely to graduate. So United Way is calling for one million volunteers over the next three years. We're asking you to step up, make a pledge, tutor a child who needs help, mentor a kid who needs someone on their side, volunteer to read to children, make a difference. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Entire communities improve. The path to success or failure starts long before graduation day. And the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you. Be a reader, tutor or mentor. Give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge. Go to liveunited.org now. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Twenty minutes after the hour, actually eleven twenty. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Automatic transmission exchange is on my best car repair shop list. They've been around since nineteen sixty eight. Phil's a good guy. His transmission guys can diagnose very very well and repair very well. So if you need a service all the way to a rebuilt and everything in between and you're in the Phoenix area, he's on 40th Street in Washington, the north side of the road. So if you go up and down Washington on a regular basis, you know he's been there a very, very long time. Automatic Transmission Exchange. Okay, we just got done talking about Hey Duramax, um, and Bruce was there. So I get a text from a guy that I really respect, a transmission guy, and this is what he says. Hopefully Bruce is still listening. He says on that Duramax, you need to check out the transfer case 2009. Chevy has a snap ring bore in the rear case that wears out, causing the output shaft to go back and forth. Um, And then you lose the output signal, which sets the code. So the transfer case is not a transmission, but that's something that most guys can fix. It's... If you're in the North Phoenix area, Bruce, you're going to have to go to A&S Transmissions because he's the one that texted me. And I know he knows what he's doing. It may not be it, but I'd bet, I'd bet I'm 85% sure he has diagnosed it. <laughs> I'm 85% sure. So um, he's way up in North Phoenix. Uh, you can also stop by and talk to Phil at Automatic Transmission Exchange. But Alger's the one that did it. So if you want to use my name, you tell him that, and he just charged you double. Jerry, good morning to you. How can I help you? Good morning, Mark. Uh, i got a quick one for you. I need a definition. You say your car is coming to the end of its life when it uses oil. What's the definition of using oil? Well, there's a couple of things, and thank you for bringing that up. It's going to start leaking oil because of internal pressure, or you're going to see blue smoke, or you're going to be adding oil on a regular basis because the the uh, oil level is below the ad mark. We don't add a, any oil to a dipstick car until the, the line of oil is at the ad mark or below. So blue smoke, leaking, and unusual consumption. That's usually how many miles you got on it, what kind of car is it? It's huh, it's an ongoing thing. I've called you on it before. It was a Durango 2009. Okay. It's got the 4.7 motor. 
uh, I, uh, I clean out the PCV valve and the oil consumption goes away almost, goes back. I'm getting up around six, 700 miles. But once the, I guess it starts to get dirty again and my mileage just drops off. Okay. Not my mileage, the, my consumption. Okay. Wait, the PCV valve sucks, uh, sucks fumes off of one side of the motor, but on the other side of the motor, we have a filter that filters the air before it's sucked through mm-hmm. the motor. Have you replaced yep. that breather element? Yes, I have. Um, I looked at the hose and I felt the hose. I don't feel any problems anywhere. So okay. I usually just clean off the PCV valve, stick it back on. I'm good to go. Okay. Um, I, I don't know why that's the case. Do you sure you got the right one in there? Yeah, I've checked okay. it twice. All right. What kind of oil are you using? Uh, Not brand weight. It's, to, uh, it's the 520, which is what it's supposed to use. Okay. How many miles are on it? Uh, about a hundred and fifty. Okay. Well, I I think what I would do is do, your five twenties is synthetic, and and it flows like a five when it's cold. It flows like a twenty when it's hot, but de- it doesn't go from peanut butter to water. It flows mm-hmm. like. If I were you, I'd at the next oil change, I'd put thirty weight in it, or a five thirty. But I'd, I'd try a 30 weight and see what that does. Now, if the 30 weight has the same oil consumption problems, then we need to go after that PCV valve system. We've got to figure out what's going on there. So um, I don't know what's going on there. But, and and yeah, I know you've checked all the hoses and you looked at the filter and all that kind of stuff. But I just think somebody needs to take a look at that. Now, if you put the PCV valve in the, on the driver's side valve cover and you go over to the vent and you put a piece of tissue on the top of it and the motor's idling, the tissue should not be pushing out. The tissue should be slightly sucked in. So we need a vacuum cleaner on the motor, and that's what the PCV valve is. But we need to introduce air in order to suck out air. So there's an in and an out flow. So that's what I would do. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Okay. PCV oil consumption. I'm supposed to write this down um, before I get to the next caller. Rich. Rich, how can I help you? Rich? Did I lose everybody? I did. I did. They were Cracker Jack. I actually had uh, incoming wire on that resistor that was loose, causing an excessive amperage draw, and that was what was shutting everything off. They fixed it up in an hour, an hour and a half. Okay, I now. I really appreciate your show, and I just wanted to thank you. Okay, well, wait a minute. We missed the first part of your, um, your I don't know why, I did. So tell me what kind of car it was. Did we speak before? Yeah, we spoke before. It was uh, back in August, and uh, my AC had quit, my blower motor had quit, and it was just very hot. <laughs> okay, okay. The uh, resistor. And you basically said the, the resistor wasn't the problem because the resistor only controls three speeds. The fourth speed is uncontrolled by the resistor. Uh, but I didn't even have fourth speed. Okay. And what it come what it came down to there was just uh, over the over the years of this. 203 uh, Dodge Dakota, the wire must have wiggled loose, and the mechanic came out, showed me the burn spot, said, hey, this is what's going on. What we need to do is just uh, rebuild this harness and put it in there, and it's been working like a champ. Okay. All right. Did they replace the blower motor or check the amp draw on the blower motor? Well, I I had already replaced the blower motor. Okay. Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. Well, they're going to see that. 
So, yeah, yeah, yeah. the amp, uh, speed one, two, and three goes through a resistor, and speed four is just direct wired. You're right. And and so what we do is we look, we need it, we need something to tell us what happened to that harness. Well, if we got a melted harness or we got a damaged harness, then the blower motor's sucking too much amps. You already replaced it. You just didn't fix the problem that was created by the blower motor. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Exactly. That's okay. How much did they charge you to fix it? Uh, it was about 100 Okay. Uh, they basically got a a uh, it's like a six wire connector, uh-huh. and they uh-huh. just re they cut the wires, they repinned it, put the put the new uh, resistor in, which is only ten bucks, fifteen yeah. bucks, and it's been running like a champ ever since. That's I just a- really appreciate the help. Okay, well, that's a good shop. They treated you fairly. The price is right for what they did. They diagnosed it, then they cut a, a plug off, then they re-put the plug back on, and they probably put solder on it, and they probably put some heat shrink around it, and that's a good deal for the price that you paid, $100. I would have guessed more, but then again, I wasn't there. So you got to be happy with the 100 and I'm sure you are. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. We have five lines open. So you're probably going to get one. So we'd like you to call if you have a question. I rarely get to to settle arguments from men to women, but I can tell you that most of the time the men come to a position of stance. Otherwise, they come to this concrete place they're going to stay. (laughs) And it has a whole lot more to do with what they read in the... In, on the internet, then then often oftentimes the woman has read the owner's manual, and there's a, oftentimes a big difference. But nevertheless, it's not going to be something that should start a war at your house. The owner's manual will always settle a dispute, always. Just like I told my wife, I don't know when your plugs are due. Look in your owner's manual, and she did, and a hundred. So she's sitting there at the tall eighties, and she says, "I think it'll run better." So if she's right, we'll know put spark plugs in it she says oh it runs like it's brand new okay fine or we put spark plugs in it and she says oh it doesn't run any different okay well let's look at something else but it's got a hundred thousand miles on it it's been around the world four times so maybe we're asking this this elderly dog to perform at a level that age won't allow it so nevertheless 602-508-0960 Did you know Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Raintree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com.
You wouldn't dive into a pool without knowing how deep it is. So why would you dig without knowing what's below? Underground utilities are buried all over Arizona. Accidentally strike one and you could be injured or wipe out services like water, power, and internet. Call 811 or click Arizona811.com to have utilities marked first. It's free, easy, and it's the law. Remember, call 811 or click Arizona811.com. Sponsored by Arizona 811 in partnership with the Arizona Broadcasters Association and this station. Hi, my name's Christina Stumble, and I own Farm Girl Flowers in San Francisco. With my Spark Cash Card from Capital One, I earn unlimited 2% cash back on all my business purchases. Last year, I redeemed $115,000 in cash back. Yeah, $115,000. And that doubled our digital marketing budget for the summer. Thanks to my Spark Card, we had our best summer yet. Imagine what the Spark Card from Capital One could do for your business. What's in your wallet? Real Capital One customers pay for real stories. Credit approval required. Hi there. I'm here for my flu shot, and I heard there's an option for people 65 and older. There is, but you actually have to be 65. Very flattering. Thanks. I'm Judith Light. You know who I am, right? I just turned 65, and I know your immune system gets weaker with age, and I don't want to miss a day of work or risk spreading the flu to other people. I don't think we've met before, but what I do know is you can't be 65. Okay. What if I said I only have one life to live and I need protection against the flu? Nope. Nope. How about who's the boss of my health? I am. Huh. Flu season is here and people 65 and older need to ask about the vaccine made specifically for their age. Flu vaccination is especially important for people with chronic conditions like diabetes and heart disease, which can worsen with the flu. I'm so sorry about that. I thought you were like 35. Don't apologize. Visit the National Council on Aging at ncoa.org slash flu to learn more and talk to your doctor about vaccine options for people 65 and older. All about that demon, all 33 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and we're talking about cars here. If you'd like to join us, we have open lines available, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Strictly Diesel Service and Repair is a good shop. Nate owns and operates Strictly Diesel, and they work on both foreign and domestic light diesel trucks. I-17 and Pinnacle Peak, they've been around a long time. When your card runs like a diesel, they know how to fix it. So if you've got problems with your Ford not starting or your General Motors problem uh, with respect to injectors, they've got you covered. So Strictly Diesel Service and Repair. J.D., you're first. How can I help you? Mark, it's great to be on the show. I appreciate you very much. Thank you. There is a... A, a challenger, new or near new, in my future. The question is Hellcat versus Scat Pack. Pros <laughs> and cons. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to pass you to somebody else who can can discuss your pros and cons because my son's performance division deals with that. Um, I can tell you that most of the people that have the Hellcat love the Hellcat. Um, there's always this discussion on which one's faster, which one's better. I don't know that I'd care about how fast they are because it's not likely you're going to be able to stretch that dog out to 140 miles an hour it's somewhere. Stupid, it's stupid okay. horsepower either way, actually. Right. No, you, no you're right. You're right. Um, but it's a matter of how many of them break, uh, how, how expensive it is to fix. But as I understand it, there's a lot of the same in both of those. So I don't know right now as we sit here in front that if one's an overhead cam or if it's one's not, I don't know if we have coilover ignition, although I think we do. 
I think both of them have sequential fuel injection. Is there a difference as, as far as cubic inches is concerned? Do you know that? Yes. The Scat Pack is the 392 Hemi, and okay. the uh, and the and the Hellcat is the uh, supercharged uh, 375 cubic inch. Okay, so the first one that was the 392 Hemi doesn't have any art, uh, aspiration. It's normally aspirated. Yeah, okay. normally aspirated. I'd go with the supercharger. There'd be no question about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. the, the extra 222 horsepower, ticket-grabbing horsepower, you like that, huh? Well, no, I like the supercharger. You're not buying this Challenger because you're going to take your wife to church every day. You're buying this Challenger because it's a macho car and it's really fast. So it's nice to drive a car that you know you that you that you love, and you know that if you're going to throttle up and pass somebody, that you won't stall when you're right next to them. But I mean. A supercharged car, here's a, for the rest of the people. You have a vacuum cleaner, and you have a suck on one end and a push on the other. So we have exhaust and suck. You're going to take the vacuum cleaner, and you're going to take the hose, and you're going to stick the suck side <laughs> into the exhaust side. So now instead of just sucking air into the motor, it's like instead of you breathing in, I'm going to take an air gun, and I'm going to stick it in your lips, and when you bring in, I'm going to hit you with 80 pounds of, of air, and I'm going to blow your lungs up. Well, that's what a supercharger is, although it's only three to five pounds of air. So I got a supercharged Camaro, I got a, a turbocharged Corvette, um, and my diesels are also obviously are turbocharged. So I like a other than normally aspirated vehicle. I feel like I'm hauling my stuff quicker, faster, better, and I'm not running up hills at 35 miles an hour with my flashers on. So, what about maintenance on the Dodge Supercharger? Does anybody know what kind of uh, longevity that thing has, and if if it breaks, how 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 much in the ditch are you? Oh, you're going to be three or four or five thousand if the blower comes apart. But if you change your oil on a regular basis, based on using the oil that the manufacturer said, and do pretty close to what they're doing, and if you're not stupid and you're not going to climb some long ten mile grade with your foot to the floor, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. So it, it, it's a it's a solid piece of machinery either way. I can, I basically can't go wrong. I see. I just want one more supercar before the the greeny weenies take all that stuff away from us. <laughs> okay, don't say that. Hey, Gil, take him down before he gets me in more trouble than that. Just thing. I agree with you, but I got to tell you, I like Dodge. I like Dodge. I think they're really nice vehicles. Um, and there's others I don't like, but I like Dodge. We got to move on. Jay, you're up next. How can I help you? Good morning, Mark. This is more of a experience question than anything else. I'm trying to put on the boot for a steering rack. It's in a, a recessed location, and it's uh, virtually impossible to get a good grip on it. What have you done to ease the installation of something that you can't see and you can't get both hands on? Well, you got to disconnect both tie rod ends, and then you just got to drop the rack. That's all. You have to drop the rack. Yeah, you're gonna, and then, then there's a good chance you're gonna have to have it aligned after you're done. How many miles are on this car? Uh, about a hundred and thirty thousand. Okay. Um, first of all, that's a dust boot. Okay, it's a dust boot. If you want to be able to be real cowboyish, just tie a bunch of rags around that shaft and cut the old boot off if you can get to it. Um, the only option you have is to drop the rack, and then the question is, is if I'm going to pay all the labor to drop the rack and do an alignment, why don't I just put another rack in it? Those are your choices. But there's no way to sneak in the boot. Besides that, you have to take the tie rod off. 
in order to slide the boot on and then you put the boot on then you put the tie rod back inside and you probably don't have the equipment necessary to pull the tie rod out of the rack all right uh, just i'm sorry clarify. yeah the, the 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 rack was replaced and uh, the, this boot failed prematurely so at this point the tie rods are out and we're just trying to get the boot in and uh, the old one came out quite easily uh, the new one just doesn't have the stretch to get over that lip and, on the uh, housing of the scary, rack. Yeah, and okay. uh, what's scary is you can actually see the the rack mechanism uh, and it, all the grease is exposed. So uh, I'd be a little uncomfortable driving without the protection of the boot. There's no seal there. Uh, the boot, the boot is sealed. So the boot is is on there so securely, and then it, of course, has a metal I, I understand that, but it. when you have the boot off, you can actually see the rack inside? Yes. Okay, because yeah, normally that... Board. Okay, I, I I don't, uh, you know, I, I'm giving you... The, if you can't get it off, the only chance, choice you got is to take the rack off. That's all there is to it. I can't tell you how to get the boot on there if you can't already get the boot on there. And it sounds like your technical technical level is a tad higher than the normal person so if you've already taken the tie rod ends out and you're sitting there trying to boot the boot on and you can't get to the inside you can't stretch the the boot you can't get to the clamp on the inside then you only have to take you have to take the wrap off the rack off that, that or drop that side but i don't think you can drop that side so if you already got the tie rods in then you got two rack mounts and you got to disconnect the steering wheel from the rack those are the things that you have to do got to move on but good luck to you joe jd good luck to you jay you're up next Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I screwed that up. Christine, you stay right there. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to take you first. So, Justin, I was playing that video game, Forest Brigade, and it was pretty cool. I was running down this, like, digital path, and I met this digital frog, and he was all like... And then I went playing in this virtual stream where this water, it looked almost real. It was this whole electronic forest world. So what did you do? Well, my parents took me to the forest, the real forest. Well, I was running down this, well, it was an actual path. Then I saw this real-life frog. It was all, like, ribbit, and I saw an owl, too. Then I played in this amazing stream with water around my ankles, like wet water. Then me and my sister and my parents sat around a campfire and told cool stories all night long. Oh, that's, a uh, pretty cool, too. This weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Take an ordinary putty knife and scrape off the old wax ring. Place the new wax ring over the flange, then line up the bolts with the bowl and gently set in place, making sure a proper seal is created with the flange and drain. Next. Um, Dad? Uh, yeah, sweetie. Is that an old plumbing manual? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, honey. We really need to get some new books. Right, um, do, do you want me to stop? Nah, I kind of want to know how it ends. Okay, tighten the bolts, line up the flushing valve to the opening in the top of the bowl, and secure the tank with a screwdriver and crescent wrench. <laughs> The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. 
Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. 43 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. Let me tell you about a shop in town that has a technician that the rest of us don't. Jeremy at Larry Harker's Auto has taken tests, every single test, the diesel, the paint and body, the mechanical, the transmission. He is a wide-range technician that has no peer as far as I know. So if you need something diagnosed and you can't find it anywhere else, then Larry Harker's at 38th Avenue and Indian School is a place to go. Bob and Ellen own it, and Jeremy is a relative of theirs, and they've been in business since 1967. But I'm impressed because he's the first one I've met that has, has passed all of the ASC certifications. That's pretty impressive. Okay, we're going to go to the phones real quick, and we're going to start with Christine. Christine, how can I help you? Hi, yes. Um, this may not seem like it very important to you, but we have an issue in our car with these tiny little bugs that have gotten into it, and um, they bite. We know what they are. They're called noceums or uh, sandflies, uh, midges, and uh, we had a pest control company come out, and they sprayed three times, and they didn't go away, and then I saw them coming out like of this front window defrost. Uh-huh. They're so tiny you can't barely you can barely see them, but they're like the babies are coming up I, out of that. And, I understand. Um, I understand. Okay. I know what noceums are. They they call them in Texas. They call them chiggers, and they bite you, and they make a big pimple and stuff like that. But in your particular case, are you running your air conditioning on recirculatory or are you running it on regular? I'm running it where it comes from outside. You mean where it comes from outside? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I put it on running from outside. Okay, because I well, think that would help. But no, it's it's not. It, it, we think that you might be sucking it through the vent from outside. So if you go to recirculation or maximum, we're going to circulate the air in the car only. So we're going to suck it, make it cold, and push it back out at you. We're not going to take outside air, make it cold, and push it out at you. So I would go oh. into recirculator mode, which it's not going to get rid of the bugs immediately, but you could put some fly paper in there uh, around the vents that you're getting these bugs coming out. And, of course, they come out and they're going to stick to the fly paper. You're going to have to explain it to all the people that go to work with you. But at the same token, <laughs> you, this is the first time I've ever had this question answered, but I think we need to shut down the outside air coming in because there's the only way they're going to come in is from the outside air. So, oh well, they're not. They're they've been in there for so long, a long time, and um, they're not. They're not coming from the outside. They came from our the front of where we live. They're in the rocks. Uh, there was some water pool there, and that's originally where they came. And they got on our dog, and he okay. brought them in. Okay, stop. They are coming from the outside, and they come from the outside because when you start your car up. They're probably around the windshield area at the bottom, which is where we suck air into the car. So if you park your car and the windows are up, the no-seams really aren't going to care. But if it, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to argue with you. You ask me my advice is, and that's going to recirculatory on your air conditioning and stop using outside air, and I think you won't blow them in. So wherever they're camped out, they're going to stay outside. They're not going to be blowing into your car. If you're taking outside air and running it in, you're bringing them in. But i got to run. Jerry, Jerry, you're next. How can I help you? 
Yes, Mark. Thank you for taking my uh, call. I've been listening to you as a woman. I'm interested in mechanics. However, I have some questions for you. Okay. okay. I, my power. I have a 2000 Buick Century. It's got 143,000 miles on it, and the power windows, both back windows, uh, do not want to go up when I push the power button. How much would it cost me to get that fixed? Well, it depends on what it is. Are you doing okay. it off your the door switch, or are you using the switches back at the windows? Door switch in the front of the driver's side. Okay. I want you to try it from the switches in the back. Oh, okay. Because the I'll master switch gets the most work, and oh. it can go bad, and it can take out its ability to open and close those back windows. But if you get in there, and the back windows don't work with the master switch, and then you go to the driver's door, and, and it goes up and down on the passenger side, up and down, then you got a bad master switch. And that's going to probably cost you, I'm going to guess, between two and $300. Okay. All right. And the next question I have, Mark, is when I start my car, this has been going on for a while, especially in the morning, I guess when it's sitting for a long time, I smell a, a, a strong smell, a burning rich of gas, I guess. And then sometimes I smell a real smell of gas, so very rarely on that one, but the strong smell burning rich happens often when, when I start it up okay. when it's sitting. I, need, I noticed it used the word rich, and that's a tailpipe smell. Oh, but, I don't know. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, okay. But when you talk about rich, it's a tailbite smoke. I think what I would do if I was your technician is I would say, I want you to leave it overnight. Okay. And then I want to open the hood in the morning, and I want to look to see if you have a fuel leak somewhere, a small fuel leak. And if you okay. have a small fuel leak, I'm going to fix that, and we're going to stop blowing it into the car. But as far as the tailpipe is concerned, when you start it up in the morning, it can run rich. Um, it's a different kind of smell than raw gasoline. But, it is. Yeah, the, this us old guys can figure that out. But I think yes. it's more likely than not that you have a small fuel leak underneath the hood. I believe that. Okay, but I don't have any fuel leak uh, in the bond in my garage when it sits for a long time. But it doesn't make any difference. Oh, okay, um, great. There's, lo there's lots of places that we can have a fuel leak that the fuel puddles within the engine itself. Oh, I so, see. I get it. And yeah. and so that's I, that's what I would have done. And then the shop would. The next thing they're going to do is replace the PCV valve, make sure the vent's good. Then the next thing they're going to do is is they're going to probably say to you, "I want you to go on recirculatory on your air climate control system, and I want you to start it up and tell me, do you still smell it or don't you smell it? So okay. we, is it underneath the hood or is it not underneath the hood? Is it on the ground? But you're not seeing anything on the ground. So I I still think I don't know. If my wife could tell the difference between raw fuel and a rich tailpipe, mm -hmm. but I could. So I, I'm just saying if you leave it overnight, let them have a chance to smell it, okay? Yeah, and it, one more question. You know, this okay. is an old car, and I'm a senior citizen. I'm 80 years old, and I don't want to spend the money on another car. So if I, if I decided to do that, a turbo engine, is that good for me to buy? Yeah, if you want, if you're the kind of lady that drives around and never spills a hot coffee that's set between your legs, you don't need a turbo, and a turbo will just interrupt your whole lifestyle. But if you're the typical little old lady from Pasadena, and every once in a while <laughs> you want to throttle it to the floor and you want your giddy up to get to a run, then a turbocharger will make you happy. Okay, well, I'm not interested in that. I don't drive much. Okay, so okay. I would just get with what got you there, a four-cylinder fuel-injected motor. You'd be real happy with it. Okay, thank right. you very uh -huh. much. You betcha, ma'am. Medina, you're up next. How can I help you? Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Uh -huh. um, 
We have a 2005 Mercury Mariner. I bought it about eight years ago. And then, you know, my son's been driving it since he's old enough to drive. Um, so when I first got it, it was parked out front and the alarm would go off and I'd go out and turn it off. And then, you know, it happened every now and again. So then I noticed the car was saying that the rear left passenger door was open, even though it wasn't. Okay. And so I kind of dealt with that and it would drain the battery. And so anyway, um, it's been sitting out front for about a week. My son can't drive right now with his hand. And so the battery died and I figured that was the issue. But so we had it jump, drove it over to get a new battery. And um, it was saying now it's the right passenger door. So I was just wondering, do you know a place that I can take it to like actually have that diagnosed? The dealership has kept it for a couple of days and they keep saying they can't figure out what's wrong okay. with it. If 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 the problem's not there when you're looking, then you can't possibly fix it. Right. So it it ha- and 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 I wouldn't I wouldn't tell the story that you just told, okay. because your story's a little confusing, and if we have a a signal that says the right rear doors is open, the reason why is because the door switch is lying. So right. and that door switch is kind of inexpensive. So I think that if I were the shop, I would just replace the two back door switches with your permission, and you would know that I'm guessing with your money. Okay. So I think the door switches. Now, here's something else. Do you know how you take uh, blue paint tape, and if you put one down and then you put another on top of it, another on top of it, another on top of it, you know how you're making like a big Band-Aid? Uh-huh. Find out where the door switch is on the car and where it touches the door, and then put, I don't know, 10 layers of that <laughs> blue tape on the inside of the door where the door switch hits. And when you shut the door, we're pushing the door switch in a little further. See what happens. Okay. All right. Okay. Good All luck right. to you, Medina. You. Okay. you betcha. Uh, door switch. See, I have to write it down because sometimes people call and say, um, I want to talk to you more about that. Pete, you're up next. How can I help you? Hey, gentlemen. Um, I got a 2001 Jeep Cherokee. I uh, bought it with uh, 76,000 miles on it. Uh, drove it for a couple thousand miles, and I noticed that the rear brakes were sticking at the stoplights. It would just stick momentarily and then release, getting kind of aggravating. So I took it to my garage and uh, took the back wheels off, brake cleaned the entire system. The the pads looked fine to me. Um, one thing I did notice, though, which I never encountered before, it was a type of brake shoes where, I'm sorry, shoes, the type of shoes where it had a stripe down the middle. And... Um, like it wasn't making contact with the inside of the drum. Okay. Uh, never seen that before. Uh, the shop that I eventually took it to, he told me it was for cooling purposes. Okay. So anyways, it was it was a very symmetrical um, strip down. So it wasn't something, a defect in the drum itself. So it was like it was supposed to be there. I understand. I understand. I don't so understand I, I, how you can decide that the brakes are sticking. Because I think you well, change like, the question I, I, around, I, I, and you say to Mark, how many times have you ever fixed a brake sticking on the back end? I well, would say, I'm getting to this. All right, let's get so, to it. So then. I, I can feel it almost every time I release the brakes. That doesn't make any difference to me. That doesn't make any. Listen, if your brakes were hanging up, why haven't you smoked the shoes off of them? Think about that. Think about well, that. Well, see, the, the real reason for the phone call is, okay. is what the, the mechanic told me. So I thought I would bring it in. I didn't want to spend a Saturday afternoon on my butt in my garage doing my okay. shoes. I remember what my father used to do and all that, and it was just aggravating. So I took it to a local chain shop, expecting to get a nice $150. Let's get break. to the end of the story. Okay. I mean, he, he goes, 
he, he, he tried to sell me a new brake booster. Okay. So I put a new brake uh, booster check valve in, and uh, it seems to be working a little bit better, but they still they still grab a little bit at okay. the stoplight. Okay. Well, U-joints cause the same cause the same problem. So do um, rear bushings in the, in the differential. That causes the same problem. You're describing a problem that can be caused by a lot. What you're doing is going around and telling everybody your diagnosis, and then you're taking their guess. I suggest you just have somebody diagnose it. There's no way in God's green earth that those brakes are hanging up and you haven't smoked the rear brakes off that car. I, I, don't, I don't care. I don't care. So if you took the sh- drums off that and the brake shoes were melted, if the brake shoes show t- and the drums are blue, that would be, okay, I'm wrong, you're right. But I'm not capable of driving a vehicle and letting go of the brake. Besides that, the idle could be up high, and as soon as you take your foot off the brake and you hit the gas, there's this clunk movement that you've got because the idle's 400 RPMs too tall. So I can't fix your car over the air, but I think what you need to do is take it to somebody and demonstrate the problem and have them diagnosis because everybody's been working off of your diagnosis, and I think the evidence shows that you're wrong. I don't care about the stripe on the brake shoes, whether it's going to be for cooling or whether it's going to be when you wear the stripe out. That's when the shoes need to be replaced. I don't care about that. That has nothing to do with with anything. If I saw the stripe or if I didn't see the stripe, I wouldn't care. Anyway, and we got Lance. Lance, um, I... I can help you. We need to be that kind of quick, though. we got three and a half minutes. A quick question. I have a 99 Dodge with a 5.9 uh, liter diesel in it. Yes. I had it uh, uh, scoped, uh, and they told me that there was uh, starting to have a problem with a fuel injector. And uh, what came out of it was uh, originally they suggested a particular one, and then later that uh, they suggested doing all of them. I believe you've discussed this earlier or another, on another occasion. I wondered if you kind of enlightened me a little bit as what the difference is. I, I need to the, know about the symptoms. Does it idle rough? Does it run rough? It, Can you tell that yes. there's a cylinder that's not participating? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, you can do either one. You can go after one or you can go after all six. Um, that, let me switch the question around. Hey, Mark, do you work on diesels? Yep. Um, do, you do, them, do you do injectors one at a time? Yep. Why don't you do them all at the same time? Well, that benefits me and not him. How many miles are on your 99, Lance? About 300,000. Okay. So have you owned it since it was new? Yes. Okay. So this is the first time you've had an injector? Yes. Okay. Um, So you've been around the world 12 times, and they're going to say to you, well, you got 300,000 miles. Let's do them all. And you find out the price. Or you can just do the one that you have the problem with. It's your call. I'm telling you, if it were me, I'd put the one in. <laughs> now, 300,000 miles, I'd just put the one in. That's what I'd do. But but you can put in all of them. But before you do that, I'd probably stop at a couple of other shops and ask them to bid all six of them. What part of town do you live in? I live in uh, northwest Phoenix. Okay. I'd probably either take it to Larry Harker's on the west side, or I would take it to Strictly Diesel up at I-17 at Pinnacle Peak. I'd probably have one of those two guys look at it. If it's got a miss in it and you can hear it and you can feel it, then the injector's a good thing. However, it could be something else that's causing the problem. We can have a valve dancing around in a seat and stuff like that. So if it's missing from the minute you start it to the minute you shut it off every day 
an injector could be that. But does it get better the faster you go? If it gets better the faster you go, then maybe it is a mechanical issue and an injector is not it. So that's the real question. The question is, we've got a misfire in the cylinder. Are we sure it's the injector and maybe not a mechanical issue? Mark at MarkSalem.com. Mark at MarkSalem.com if you want to continue the conversation. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.